Welcome back to the Scales Podcast in 2019. It's season three, and we're going to start it off with Scales news. So I'm going to throw it over to your boy, Colin Beckford. The People's Showdown, a classic returns. A big battle contest with a big cash prize. We know you like those. Go to the Jacob Gross YouTube channel to learn more and check out the contest. Go there and vote on who you want to see competing. The Ceasefire, the new treaty yo-yo attempting to mend the fierce rivalry of SF's team members Alec Jones and Colin Ellingson, now available at Yo-Yo Expert. The new Smashing Bounce is Smashing's successful attempt at a budget monometal meant for 3A specifically. Check it out! Unparalleled's next release is the reduction in undersized monometal, releasing February 1st on unparalleled.com. Go to at UNPRLD on Instagram for details. The Artemis, Unspoken's newest yo-yo. We got one to sample and it's got the scale stamp of approval. It is super substantial, it provides confidence to your yo-yoing like wearing a Rolex would for your ego. Now available at Yo-Yo Expert. Check out the all-new Yo-Yo Expert forums if you haven't already. It's one of the best places on the net to meet and hang out with other Yo-Yo players. And the Scales Battle Finals are coming up soon. You can vote on who is going to be the big winner. The Monthly Throw. You can sign up for this and get some awesome Yo-Yos. Last month, subscribers got an SF Ceasefire before everyone else did. Corco. You can pick up the Parser at Yo-Yo Expert or catch them on one of their food tours getting ramen, caviar, or fire takis. Arata Imai's Inevitable and Ryota Ogi's Overdrive Dromnir are the two latest Yo-Yos to come out of Yo-Yo Recreation. These two players are some of the best in the world, and these Yo-Yos were made specifically for them. They must be pretty good. Check them out on Yo-Yo Recreation's site. And the new Duncan Freehand Next Gen. It plays like the freehand zero you always wanted. The Caribou Lodge Akita, our own Mark Mangarin signature. It's way different than any Caribou Lodge before. It's wide, it spins forever, and Mark designed it alongside Chris to make it maybe the most competitive Caribou Lodge to date. The all-new Yo-Yo Factory Overthrow is a hybrid plastic yo-yo with huge metal rings. They pretty much maximize the amount of rim weight on a yo-yo. You can now get it at yoyoexpert.com. When you think of a yo-yo contest, you usually think of seeing all of your friends, what song you're about to use, which, considering that we're going into 2019, there's about a 50% chance that that song is sicko mode. Uh, You think about what food you're going to eat, Virginia States is coming up, so we're talking cookout, and so on. But it's rarely ever about any contest logistics or anything like that. Now... The MC, for instance, is very important and almost always overlooked. They're in charge of a large part for keeping up the audience's energy and keeping the pace up and just basically doing every unwritten thing that there is to do. And it's just not easy at all. I definitely wouldn't be able to do it. And I think most people don't even have the courage to do it, including myself. But there is one man who always steps up, and that is Graham Steller. He has emceed U.S. Nationals. He's emceed Worlds. You may have seen him at PNWR. At any of the big contests, Graham has done it. 
So let's get to know the number one MC in the US, Graham Steller. Skills, skills, skills. What's up, Graham Steller? Hey, what's going on, Andrew? How's it going? We're on the air. We're on the air. We did it. Doesn't it feel good to be on the air? It's the best feeling in the world. It's like we're flying. It, it's exactly like that, <laughs> but it's just our voices that are flying. Right. So, welcome to the Scales Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Really appreciate it's it. It's my pleasure. It's my honor to be <laughs> exact. Um, so if you don't know Graham Steller, uh, I'll let him introduce himself. Um, hey y'all, this is Graham Steller. I have been yo-yoing for about 10 years now and primarily have spent my time over the last five years emceeing yo-yo competitions. Um, I've emceed contests like nationals. That's typically where people know me from since I've been emceeing that for the past, I think four or five years now. Um, and I've also emceed worlds in Cleveland and, um, usually get to about five or six contests a year. Yeah. And how did you get into emceeing? Uh, I think that's a path, maybe one of the least chosen paths in your yeah, It's definitely unconventional. Um, I started emceeing shortly after I started going to, to college or right before then. Um, a good friend of mine in the Northeast uh, named Adam Lord was hosting the New Hampshire Yo-Yo competition, and he reached out to me just saying, you know, hey, I think that you'd be really good at, you know, doing this kind of MC stuff, and I'd love to bring you on as the MC. I'll pay you like 30 bucks, which was a lot more money than I was making competing, so I was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. And so, excuse me, um, I showed up and I emceed, and we had Andre Boulet had brought these two we essentially had a microphone and these two almost blown out speakers um mm -hmm. and so or if they weren't blown out at the beginning of the contest i sure as hell blew them out at the end and mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like the first time i ever did it you know it was very local i mean i don't think more than like 15 or 20 people were competing that day um it was super relaxed it was in like a church auditorium or something like that, like the good old days when yo-yo contests used to be in churches. And so that was the first contest that I emceed and I really enjoyed it. I had a really good time and I don't think that I would have continued doing it if it weren't for um, Virginia States, which was I think four months later or maybe, maybe fewer. I don't really remember, but I went to Virginia States, which was G's contest at the time. And Sam Scott, no hate to Sam Scott, Sam Scott was emceeing. And um, he was also judging. So I think if you can picture the most apathetic, you know, employee ever, <laughs> he was pretty much just like, all right, up next to stage, Mark McGarren. All right, cool. Uh, congrats, Mark. Up next to stage. It was just kind of like dead. So I offered, uh, I just went up to G and I was like, yo, uh, I don't like need anything or anything like that, but I'd be happy to just like MC, sit down and say people's names and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, sure. Give it a shot. 
And after that, I had a really good time doing that. I definitely felt um, as though the energy of the contest was elevated once you kind of had a dedicated person to add that energy there. And I, at the end of the contest, came to the conclusion, like, you know, enough people came up to me and were like, yo, dude, that was awesome. Thanks for doing that, that I figured that I'd give it a shot. So um, I got a couple more contests after that and somehow landed uh, the National Yo-Yo Contest after I after I had emceed a couple of regional competitions, um, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. So when you did your one of the main questions I have, um, because so I get I don't get too nervous when I'm competing, but I yeah. get nervous uh, if I'm like speaking on stage. Right. Did you find that initially, or are you a generally a good public speaker? Did you take public speaking in high school? <laughs> um, I didn't take any public speaking classes, and I actually always found that it was sort of the opposite. Um, when I was competing, I always got really nervous, sweaty hands, you know, the usual stuff. Um, and I think towards the end of my competing, I just kind of had this attitude where I was just going to be more, you know, energetic and performance based than anything else and that definitely helped with it so that when I went this when I made the switch to emceeing I never really got nervous I think when I first started probably yeah I definitely got a little nerves um or I had some nerves before I went up on stage and, and started going but I also am you know the one thing about being on stage is that after you've been on stage for five minutes or I really think for any kind of thing in life that makes you nervous after you've kind of forced yourself into the situation for more than five minutes you kind of forget that you were nervous in the first place, um, unless you screw up, and then all the nerves come back up again. But really, I think that <laughs> I think that once you've been doing anything on stage or in front of people for five minutes, you kind of get into this lost. You know, your your subconscious just totally gives out, and you're not even thinking about it anymore. And so, you know, maybe the first five minutes when I first started doing it, but now I get to this point where I kind of have this routine of things that I do within the first five minutes of a yo-yo contest, and that sets the stage for me and totally gets out any nerves and I feel like, okay, I've set everyone up well and I'm ready to do my job. Yeah. What is that routine like? Yeah. Um, so usually when I get to a yo-yo competition, um, it's like earlier in the morning and I like to check in with the organizers, talk to some people that I, you know, the one problem is that when you're emceeing, you only really get to hang out with everyone for like two or three minutes because afterwards, you know, that's really the only time they have on stage and otherwise I'm going to be on stage for the entire day. So I try to spend some time with, you know, my friends and meet some people, you know, just like what everybody else would be doing at a contest for the beginning parts of the competition. And then when it's getting to the time where I'm going to start emceeing, I'll usually walk on stage and just kind of chat people up for a little bit, whoever just, you know, practicing on stage for about five, six, whatever minutes. Um, and then when it's time to begin, I'll usually introduce myself. Um, I'll set the scene for the audience. And usually that's when I break down. That I have one rule, and that's kind of my bit, is that I tell people, all right, guys, I've got one rule, um, and that one rule is to make some noise or something like that. And oh, so, that's really cool. Yeah, it, you know, it, I think the routine has always really helped me. Um, and I don't know if that's something you as, as a competitor, Andrew, have gotten in the habit of doing is like when you get on stage, hitting a routine, you know, getting your bases. Or hitting, you know, getting all your yeah, ducks kind of. But my routine is like I, I want to get out of my routine. I like try to keep my hands dry by like waving them, but it looks yeah, like right. I'm really nervous or something like that. I don't right? Know. Yeah, it's not a good I, one. I remember the first so, time I saw Tyler uh, I, do that too. It was like yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> the old Tyler. Uh, 
it just, it just looks so stupid. At least yeah. he looks deliberate about it. It just looks yeah. like I'm like a penguin or something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think it's the I think it's cool because uh, th- everyone making some noise is really more for you than it is for them. Even yeah, at the <laughs> beginning, I, I that's like my only really indicator of like how people are enjoying the competition. Yeah, other than like, how like is today going to be? Yeah, right. Are they, like, have you ever gone to a contest and emceed and the crowd was just not receptive at all? Yeah, I've definitely been to competitions like that, particularly like the smaller state-level competitions where there are, are fewer people or the competitions that are just getting started up for the first time. Um, and so you can definitely tell, you know, the organizers really want a high-energy environment. And that's been one of the challenges that I've faced and, you know, come to realize as, as an MC is that um, – you know, with these big crowds, one of the biggest crowds I think I've had, um, obviously Worlds was a really big one, but also the national competitions are always pretty high energy. And so I've been spoiled in that those are really the first crowds that I've been able to work with. But then you have those smaller state level competitions where you just have to treat the audience differently. And the way in which you engage the audience is obviously going to change over time as well. Um, so just learning how to balance those two things and knowing, you know, for a state audience, you have to really, or not just a state, but a smaller audience, you need to definitely be more intimate and have it be more of a personalized show versus for a larger audience, you can definitely ride the, the energy of the competitors. Um, just understanding how to kind of divvy those two things up are, is always a challenge, but, um, something that I've gotten to learn over time. Yeah. Cause I would imagine that, uh, something like nationals is just a room full of maybe 50 or like 60% yo-yo players and 40% mm. friends and family. Right. And then a state contest can be more skewed the other way. Right, exactly. And so, so you have people who like don't really spend time in the yo-yo world a lot. So they don't really know what's going on. They don't know what to react to, what not to react to. So again, setting that stage and and making things more obvious is always helpful there. Yeah, and then the one of the other weird things that like something that I always find while doing live streams or a podcast is it's like what age group are we targeting, yeah. right? Because it's like you have a bunch of kids as young as nine or ten years old, maybe right. even eight, and then you up to just your friends who you would talk to normally. So you have to kind of keep it family friendly while not being too cheesy. Yeah, right. While uh, while still being entertaining and still feeling like you're being authentic. So I don't know. It's a tough mix. Like it, it wouldn't, I don't know if it would be a job for me personally, mm. but I, I'm always, I'm always, I think initially uh, when I first started seeing you do it, like, especially in like the infancy of you doing it, I was like, maybe not a fan because I just looked at you as like my friend Graham and I'm like, what are you yeah. doing up there? And it's like, it's tough for anyone to start anything. Yeah. I imagine uh, like some of the first live streams we've done, we, we, we've done like, if I look back at it now, I'm going to be like, what was I doing? Like, this is incredibly <laughs> difficult to watch. Do you look back at it? And I'm not trying to be insulting, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what you say after you insult someone. <laughs> uh, do you, do you look back and you're like, wh- like, what was I doing back then? Or like, are there any big changes that you've made? Like big, like things that you saw in the past that were just big mistakes? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think with anything, I mean, even with yo-yoing and, and competing, you look back and you notice like, oh, I totally screwed up here. Here's, here are ways that I can improve that. Um, 
for emceeing, one of the biggest challenges is that every mistake will generally come at the expense of a competitor or someone else, which always really weighs pretty heavily on me because just as an example, I think one of the biggest mistakes I've made, um, just as one pointed example, was at the World Yo-Yo competition in, in 2016 when Ryan Connolly was on stage. Um, I actually I was just totally zoned out. And there was a point in his, in his routine where the music cut dead. And it must have been like 30 seconds before his routine ended. And that's always a problem for me, like oh. understanding the timing yeah. um, and knowing when music cuts out and like when the competition is end. And he like hit a trick and then he like hit a still movement. So I'm like, all right, sweet. That's the cue. Time to, <laughs> time to you know, get him off stage. And he totally wasn't done. And, and it was the World Yo-Yo Contest finals. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, are you kidding me, Graham? No. Um, so, you know, it, like you have moments like that and it sucks because again, it comes at the expense of Ryan and like even better, it's his first time making finals at Worlds and you blew it. Um, but again, you need those, you need those experiences to, to get better. And part of the nature of the way that I MC is that it's always going to be higher energy and more immediate and quicker than, you know, just in my opinion, than in other competitions. And so, you know, there's a learning curve there. And so um, in terms of mistakes, you know, getting the timing right, that's always a challenge. Also, I think one of the biggest challenges that I've had as an MC has been um, being able to interact with each competitor, competitor in an equal way. Um, when I first started MCing, I knew a lot of the people in the Northeast scene pretty well. And so, for example, at the national competition, I was able to interact with them really well at a high level when they came on stage. But then you get someone like Connor Seals, who at the 2015 national scene, it was really the beginning of his competitive stand in yo-yoing. Um, when he came on stage at finals, I was just kind of like, you know, here's a guy who's sponsored by Yo-Yo Jam. <laughs> and he came on, and that's like all I really had. Um, and so obviously that's embarrassing and not at all equitable to like all the different <laughs> competitors, you know, like you definitely want to make sure that everybody on stage feels special and feels like it's their time to shine and feels like they're being, you know, in terms of having a, an equal audience, um, everybody wants to have the same thing, you know, and, and so making sure that you set the scene equal for equally for everybody is always a challenge. Um, but again, over time you get a feel for how these things work and, and you get better. Yeah. And I think it's also important to not talk to the competitor for too long. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's like a nice balance there. I know yeah. uh, that would always be my number one criticism of you. <laughs> like, especially at an earlier stage. Now I think you have it down. I think you do a really good job now. Yeah. I, I, I and you know, I appreciate that you bringing that up because that's also, you know, being able, the other thing for me, and and one thing that I always tried to incorporate in like in my MCing was um, making a competitor comfortable and figuring out the right way of doing that. And again, one one challenge that I had when I started was that I I kind of thought my hypothesis was that if I talked to somebody on stage and they were talking on stage, they'd be like, oh, if they can like talk on stage in front of an audience, they'll be like, oh, this is easy. I can just do my routine. Um, and, you know, you come to the realization that everybody is different. And if you get an introverted person on stage, you're actually making it worse for them versus if you have an extroverted person on stage, 
you know, that's like the ideal case scenario and what they want to be doing. And so, um, yeah, the talking bit has definitely been reduced. That's a good point. <laughs> um, have there been any other criticisms, like whether it was like harsh, weird, anything memorable that you know that sort of either changed what you did or you were like, this is stupid. And like whoever like gave you that criticism was an idiot. <laughs> you know, I think the biggest criticism I've ever received was after the 2017 National Yoga Competition in Chico, which I personally um, consider to be my best contest that I've ever emceed just because it was like such a show and it was a three-day competition and like to have an audience stay captivated for three days is really really hard um and we had three different days of yo-yoing and people just get tired of it you know um and with good reason you know if you see yo-yoing for three days a yo-yoer obviously that's like the best case scenario but most of the audience members are like parents or friends and they don't really care (laughs) And so you have to figure out new ways to keep them captivated and, and excited. And so that was a competition where, um, you know, I, I just felt like I did the best job. I did a lot of standing on stage um, and I took a lot of time in between competitors to keep people captivated. I think, you know, the best example of, of, of a way that I kept people captivated is that like I would field questions, field questions in between competitors and I asked you know, people, what their favorite song was or, and people asked me like, all right, what's your favorite song? And I said, my favorite song is stitches by Sean Mendez. And the guy who was running sound in the back immediately, like it was crazy. It's like he had it queued up. He started playing stitches on the, on the speakers. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I've got to do karaoke right now. Like this is perfect. And so I did like a huge, like I sang the song in its entirety, which I'm not embarrassed to admit. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, it was just fun and everyone had a good time and it was great. But what you have to realize is that like, this isn't the Graham Stellar show. This is, this is a yo-yo competition and, and people aren't here to see me. People are there to see yo-yoers. Um, and that's what the yo-yoers pay their, their entry fee for is, you know, they want their time on stage. And so my biggest criticism of that competition is that, or the, the criticisms that I received for that competition involves um, are pretty much surrounded or um, how do I say this the way that I'd like to? Um, the criticisms for that competition involves um, me kind of having too much of the spotlight and taking up too much space on stage when it really should be the competitor's turn. And so, you know, those kind of criticisms involved, you know, Graham, you take up way too much time on stage when it really should be the competitor's time on stage. In fact, Graham, I don't know if I like you being on stage at all during those moments. Um, I got criticisms involving, you know, Graham, you're kind of making this show about you. And, you know, people, while you might be doing a great job um, and people might be entertained, it's not about you, it's about the competitors. And so... That was a really hard thing for me to swallow, particularly because it was, you know, it's been recent. It was only last year um, that I got that criticism. And at that point in my emceeing career, I had always kind of, at that point, I felt like I was pretty confident and that I was doing a good job. And again, you always realize that there are things that you can always improve. But finding that balance between putting on a good show and also creating a good competitive environment, um, I realized was really hard to do. Because I, you know, confident, my confidence in public speaking allowed for me to put on a show. And that was, you know, easy for me to do. I could definitely talk about myself or how bad my flight was or sing Sean Mendez, you know, as much as I could. And that's always going to be entertaining to an extent. 
Um, but again, I, people aren't there to see me. They're there to see yo-yoing. And so um, that was a huge challenge for me. I think probably the largest challenge I've had. And the way that I solved that was that I, I started taking improv classes just to better understand, okay, here's how you take up space and then like on a stage. And here's how you can interact with people in a kind of improvisational way, which is in reality, 95% of what I do on stage is, is improvise. Um, and so understanding how to take up space as an improvised role is always, you know, an important thing. So I started taking improv classes, learning how to kind of, you know, shine yourself, but also make sure that you make everybody else look good um, mm -hmm. and give them an environment where they can thrive. And, you know, just gaining the EQ needed to kind of realize, okay, this competitor is introverted. Here's how you set them up versus here's another competitor who's like very well known and extroverted. Here's how you can set them up. Um, and just kind of realizing how to, how to manage those relationships and on stage, um, was definitely helpful. But again, I think that that was definitely my biggest criticism is, you know, figuring out how to ride the line between a good show, um, and a good competitive environment. Yeah. I, I think it's cool that you're, that you take it seriously enough that, to go and take improv classes although yeah. i'm sure that's that's fun in itself for you yeah it was kind of like a two birds with one stone like i've always loved doing improv stuff which is also why i love emceeing um but i also you know realized that there was an opportunity for me to learn a couple things about how to you know just get better you can always get better and i love doing the improv stuff it's always been a, a hobby of mine i've i've enjoyed it every time i've engaged in that type of stuff so it wasn't like a chore for me you know um it was more fun than anything else yeah. And I think it's really true because um, one thing that like competitors are going to be more critical of you because all mm -hmm. they care about is the contest itself. But uh, I think that people do really appreciate the MC being entertaining as well. It's not yeah. just about being like you could have a robot more or less run the, the <laughs> yeah. contest if it was just uh, next to the stage is blah, blah, blah. And right. Thank you. That was blah blah blah. The yeah. winner is blah blah blah. Like, the, <laughs> like that's it. Like, um, so, like with running, like with doing an event like this, it's like it has to be entertaining as well. And mm -hmm. there's no one else, uh, really working this hard to make the contests go this well. Right. There are a few other people who are good at emceeing. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, I think John Higby's a really good example of someone. Yeah, totally. Who can I think I think he's like the undisputed like king of yo-yo entertainment, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he's a goat. I, like there's, he's like the guy no who anyone would look up to. Yep. Uh just but it's like this man has an unbelievable amount of practice and mm -hmm. he's probably not even like you're probably getting to the point where you're better at doing a yo-yo contest than he is, you know? Just mm -hmm. from being the only one who has uh, this much dedicated practice. Um, yeah, for sure. And it, it's it's difficult. I mean, like it can be a really difficult gig. I'm sure uh, if you were to if you were to have this gig in anything else, you'd be getting paid significantly more. But I mean, like we we come to expect that with yo-yo. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and like you'd be getting compensated better. People would treat you better. But. I think it's a really noble and I'm sure, I mean, I know you enjoy it too, so you're not right. that great, but I think it's pretty noble and respectable <laughs> that you go out and continue to do this despite all of the harsh criticism I've seen you get throughout the years. And um, 
I think I think now, especially as time moves on, are you uh, are you hoping to do worlds this next year? Yeah, I'd love to do worlds. And you know, just getting back to the point about the criticism stuff, um, and closing that that up. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think that you know the goal the goal of yo-yo competitions. I think is is going to be different depending on who you ask. But at the end of the day, I don't think that any person or any stakeholder in a contest is like. You know, nobody wants to bomb it or no one has like selfish um, motives when it when you go into that stuff. Like we all have the same goal. We all want to put on a really great competition. We all want to work together and make that make that event something that people remember for years to come, you know, or until the next year and, and look forward to go, you know, create a competition environment that people look forward to coming to year after year. And so, you know, the criticisms at first I always took personally. And over time you begin to realize, okay, people just like want People always are going to have their their vision for what a competition should be, um, including myself. And you just have to learn over time to work together with the people that are putting on the, the competition to better understand what they need and what they want. And over time, you just you, you reach a nice balance of, of, you know, here's, again, how we put together an approachable environment for competitors, a, an approachable environment for the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, a, a nice environment for the people who are running the competition so that they feel as though they can manage everything and, and they have the time to be, um, you know, executing the different things that are going on on stage or the different, you know, um, different things that you have to take care of when you're running a contest. So, yeah, the, the, the environments, um, or not the environments, but the, the lessons are always, you know, tough to, to hear, but they're always going to make you better. So your question about worlds, I would love to do worlds. Um, it's always, you know, an honor to have any kind of opportunity to get in front of um, yo-yoers and, and audience members alike on such an important stage. And I, I, you know, I always appreciated my experience in 2016. I would probably say that was like one of my worst competitions. And so I guess there's like a part of me that wants to redeem deem that, um, just redeem myself. It's more like a thing that I want to prove to myself is that I can like do a world contest and do well. Um, but yeah, that of course that opportunity would always be appreciated. Of course, it's also never expected. I think the one the one thing that I always try to do for myself is I try not to get too cocky and say like, oh, I'm going to be the best MC in the world or like everybody's going to want to hire me. You know, like again, you can always get better and there are always going to be things that other MCs do that I don't do. Um, you know, everyone brings something new and fresh to the table. And so I always just try to be humble with that and, and, um, come to expect, you know, or just appreciate when the opportunities come up, but never expect them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think you definitely deserve it at this point. (laughs) It's like, uh, like name another MC who's been, uh, grinding this much. Yeah, that's appreciated. (laughs) I mean, you can't either. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 just objective. <laughs> like there's no one else yeah. doing. There's no I, one else working this hard. Yeah, I mean, if I'm I'm plugging myself, yeah, I think over the past couple of years, well, that's also by nature of like me getting into it recently. You know, like if somebody else just started emceeing, they're going to be working really hard to get you know up to speed on on what people should be doing. Um, but yeah, I I think that it's accurate to say that over the past couple of years, I've been working pretty hard to make sure that I'm just a an approachable guy on stage when it comes to that stuff so i'm glad that you're at least realizing it yeah I, I just i think you deserve the credit because i think it's a lot of criticism and then like i was just thinking about it uh especially leading up to this interview and i was like wow like 
this job is like really difficult and really tough to get good at because not only it's like the same way that you have to get good at yo-yo contest you only get your like little bit of time on stage it's like yeah. you only get that time on stage and that's all of the time pretty much that you have to learn and then you just have to take all of like the heat from everybody being like yeah. oh like this was bad this was bad this was bad and right. like when I feel like when you do something like that, it's like if you're reading YouTube comments or something, there could be a hundred good ones and the five bad ones just like pierce you like right in the gut. Yeah. You always do that too. I think it's, that's like, that's human nature to always focus on the negative feedback that we get. You know, we always want to be perfect. And I feel like everybody, like nobody wants to, I think when I read a comment like that on a YouTube channel or I get a comment in person or, or I read on the internet, God forbid, um, that like someone wasn't happy with the contest. I'm like, oh man, like I failed, you know, like people are want to have a good time and you don't want anyone to remember the contest in bad vein because they didn't like how I handled anything on stage. And so, um, yeah, for sure. The negative comments are always tough to read, but also like how else are you supposed to get better? You know, that's how you learn. Yeah. I I'm lucky that like I've been taking rough, uh, <laughs> rough comments from a young age yeah like, like i'd be like 12 and they'd be like who's this fat kid with the yo-yo i'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay at least i get yeah. it over with at this young age <laughs> yeah definitely it was the same so, for like, me now too I look at like, it, i'm like i could not care any less about what you right people are saying yeah but back in the day we'll get to you just yeah you look at their there's that one and, and you're like this is like you. a normal person like maybe they have a good opinion but right <laughs> maybe they're a great guy who knows yeah, but they said something mean has great opinions and hates me <laughs> darn <laughs> yeah and he's gonna he's gonna change everyone's opinion about me he, he right. exposed me but yeah, it's hard to learn in that environment and i think you've done a really good job of continuing to do it continuing to have a good attitude and uh just like single-handedly changing a lot of uh what the yo-yo contest experience is like so thank you for doing that Thanks, and man. Do you have any, any last words any contest you're gonna be at uh, any um, any plugs for any uh, social media, etc. Um, social media. I'm on Instagram um, at G Stellar, and Stellar is spelled with an E R, not an A R. Um, that's pretty much it in terms of social media. Um, in terms of contests I'm doing next year, I've got um, on deck right now. Um, I'm going to be at Nationals in Philly, which I'm really excited about. I've got PNWR, which is always one of my favorite competitions. Probably the best venue in, in competitive yo-yoing in the U.S. at least um, in terms of you know foot traffic and stuff like that. So I always love going to that competition in Seattle. Um, and I'm going to be working with Alec, um, Alec Jones on the new um, Southeast Regional Competition, which is going to be in Orlando. He's been putting in a lot of work for that competition. So shout out to Alec. You've been doing work, and that's appreciated. Um, so that's what I've got on deck. Andrew, I really appreciate you having me on the show, man. It's it's really nice to be able to talk about this stuff. Again, I feel like people, emceeing is not the centerpiece of yo-yoing, so it's not something that people necessarily talk about a lot, but it's nice to have the platform to talk about the experiences, the challenges, the things that go right. Um, so thanks again for, for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I think it's really important to let you have a place to talk because I don't think that you get the recognition that you deserve. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm I'm glad that you you're thinking about me when it comes to that stuff. Absolutely, every day. <laughs> every day, wake up in the morning. Oh my God, Graham! 
yeah, I'm like, he's underappreciated. I wake up every morning and now I feel good and now I can get on with my life. So thank you. All right, sweet. (laughs) I'm glad that this has been hanging over your head and now it's all done. All right, man. Thanks again. All right, sweet. Yeah, take care, man. Have a great weekend. You too. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. I just want to take the time to thank our wonderful, wonderful sponsors one last time. And that is Yo-Yo Factory, Yo-Yo Expert, Duncan, Caribou Lodge, Zipline Strings, Corco, Unparalleled, SF Yo-Yos, G-Squared Yo-Yos, Monthly Throw, Low-Key Throws, and Smashing Yo-Yos. Thanks again, guys. Check us out on all of our forms of social media between Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Give us a like, share our stuff. Uh, And thank you very much for listening, and we will see you very soon.